This is Weiss. And this is Susan. So our episode today will serve as a continuation of our Facebook Live on African Americans in the Arts. Uh, In these episodes, we deep dive with an Afghan American artist and have interesting conversations on both their art, their cultural identity, and how those two things blend together. Yeah, so today we have Marouf Sharif joining us to talk about all things music, the stigma attached to his professional career as a thriving musician and his Afghan American identity. We also have his thoughts on the evolution of Afghan music from the old school classics to the new age of Afghan music. Yeah, we even learned that he was on Afghan Star. Um, he's he's someone who's performed with top tier Afghan, Indian, American, Iranian artists. Uh, he's someone that has been has had thousands of views on on YouTube and a lot of things like that. We were really excited to have him on. Yeah. So thanks as always for listening, and hope you enjoyed this talk as much we did as much as we did. <laughs> The Sanivar Network. Network. Hey, Maruf, so uh, thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. So um, actually, I can I can go off. So the first question, um, so tell us about your most memorable or crazy event experience. <laughs> well, uh, there's been a lot of crazy uh, events that I've been to and a lot of different stories that I could probably go on for hours about the different experiences that I've had. Um, but one of the most recent experiences that I had was a couple of years ago. Um, I had an event in Dubai and it was a wedding with uh, Abu John Qadiri, who was a great friend of mine, also a great artist. And the thing was that we had a very weird schedule. It was a Friday and Saturday. Friday was in Dubai. Saturday was in New York. And we're like, you know, how is this going to be possible? Because, you know, time difference, the length of commute, like flight and all that stuff. But wait, took- wait, wait, wait. So, so hold on. <laughs> let me take a step back. So Friday, Friday in Dubai, Saturday, you said Saturday in yeah. New York? New York. Yeah. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> so, you know, me and I are like, you know what, let's just just pray and let's just go forward with it and let's see what's going to happen. So Friday in Dubai, doing the event, I'm setting up and doing sound check and all that stuff because every time we go to an event, usually we go a little bit earlier, set up, make sure everything is good. So we're doing sound check and out of nowhere, I fall off the stage and I tripped over like it was like a cable or something and I tripped over it and I fell on my ankle and I sprained my ankle. But no. like, at that moment, I wasn't feeling any pain. I was like, I'm fine. And I was John and like everybody else like coming up like, hey, are you okay? What's going on? Do you need anything? And like the venue, they got scared because they thought I was going to post some kind of lawsuit against them. Right. So they came like, sir, can we get you anything? I'm like, I'm fine. I don't feel anything. So I did the event. And when I play, I stand. So I was standing, playing. I didn't feel anything. And then out of nowhere, it was time to go to the airport after our event because we had to catch a 6 a.m flight to make it to new york which was going to be like at one o'clock in the daytime no Mm -hmm. sleep nothing and just go ahead to the event so i started like feeling the pain after the event and it was just throbbing pain and the whole flight 
12 and a half hours. My ankle was in ice. And I was sitting next to me. And he's like, man, I don't know how you're going to do this. So I got here, got ready, got on stage again. But I sat down and played. And then after the event was done, I went straight to the emergency room and all like, <laughs> oh my gosh! And the doctor was like, I don't even know how you how you did this. It was, well, it was just... I think flying typically like you you kind of swell up a little bit, exactly and things like that. So yeah. I can't imagine what your ankle was going through. It was, it was, I'm that was... like tortured during a twelve like a twelve hour flight is in itself just like yeah. painful. And yeah. so your these ankle. are the things exactly, and these are the things that you know we go through. Because as a musician and commitments and, you know, flying around and schedules and stuff, we just got to, you know, you got to make it rain, yeah. uh, rain, snow, shine. There's oh no sick gosh. days. Right. Gigs <laughs> a gig, right? Like you got, yeah. and especially, you can't, you can't miss out on that, right? Absolutely. Especially because the, the people that hire us, you know, like for the most part, the bride and the groom, they have like this, this vision, this dream, this goal that they want us to be there and perform for their big day. It's a big day. I mean, so. given the fact that they one day in New York, one day in Dubai, they had a pretty ambitious vision. <laughs> you know, we took on the responsibility, and sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, we've learned that taking those risks may be, you know, a little bit risky in terms of events and scheduling. But, you know, we were ambitious and we made it work. But yeah, so that's one one story <laughs> that I'll never forget. <laughs> How's your ankle now? <laughs> Thankfully, it's good. <laughs> it doesn't still like click or anything. <laughs> no, no, it's it, it's been good uh, lately. But I hope mm-hmm. I don't develop any problems later on. Look at that Afghan resilience. <laughs> what um what got you what got you like what got you in this path? Like what 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 was it about music that you knew that this is gonna be what you wanna do? You know, it was you know, music has always been a passion and love since I was like two, three years old. It's always been in the household. But I never honestly, I never ever imagined that it was gonna become my career. Um just at the fact that uh, I always did music because of the fact that I loved music. It wasn't something that I was always amb- ambitious about turning it into a business or making it a career or living even off of it. But, you know, I just got blessed with the opportunity. And uh, ever since I was 13, 14, that's when I started really performing professionally. Uh, I was flying around when I was like 15, 16 <laughs> alone. Um, my parents, I mean, they were really against it in the beginning. And then they just started, you know, giving me the uh you know uh, i guess sharing my vision and my goal and supporting me even though now that i'm a parent i don't know if i would let my child go on a plane at 15 years old did um actually i'm curious about that was that did that have to be one like sit down conversation or what do you think it was more just time it was more more than one for sure um i was at the point where i'm like you know what i'm playing i'm performing but i'm inside of this room and i'm playing four walls and I'm, I'm, I want to perform. I want to go out there. I want like people to hear me. And at that time, YouTube was just popping up. So I put my mm-hmm. first video on YouTube, and that's where I got recognized. And all the other Afghan artists started seeing my work and were inquiring about me ha- having me perform with them. But they didn't know I was 15 years old. Some of them thought mm-hmm. I was older at that time. But uh, it was many conversations I had with my parents to get them and convince them. And I'm grateful for their support. And I don't know how, how they did it, but they, they allowed me to do it. I was about to say, I feel like that stigma is like so strong in the Afghan community on some level of music being like not a real profession or a real career. Like, you know, we're all grown up being told to become a doctor, an engineer, a lawyer, like yes. the trifecta. Um, 
how did that impact like your decision to do what you're doing now and like those conversations that you had with your parents how often were they concerned or worried or you know came to you with like what are you doing with your life you know it's a very difficult conversation to have um, because of the fact that your passion is so strong for something that you want to achieve but unfortunately some aspects of that career has had a bad name or a bad rep um, and in Afghanistan unfortunately it had a bad rep you know for whatever factors that that it were at that time going to an event or performing or being a musician was not was not looked up on upon was mm -hmm. looked down upon so you know my f grandfather was a respected doctor in Afghanistan and he sat me down one day and he's like listen you know I love what you do I, I you're talented I know that you know I give you a gift but Bachim, you got to become a doctor you know you got to mm -hmm. carry on our legacy or you got to go do something that's a real occupation that's they brought the job. big guns out. They brought grandpa. Oh yeah, when they when they brought gr grandpa out, I mean that was like for me that was a, a big like you know, you know, like a hammer on the head, and um, but it came to the point where it was so funny that years later when I pursued music, and it was my career, my grandfather said, hey, you know, <laughs> the other day one of my friends, he's also a doctor, he called me, he said, wow, we're so proud of your grandson, we saw him perform, he's amazing, you know, this and that, and he's like. Bachim, thank you. You know, you're, you're representing our family and, and we're, we're like proud of you. I'm like, wow. Wow. It was, it was like a blessing to hear that, you know, from what I heard, you know, five or six years before that till now. And I was like, well, thank you. <laughs> so that, you know, that must have been in a very emotional moment. Absolutely. Because at the time that he told me not to pursue it, it was so emotional and, and I was so hurt. Um, mm -hmm. But I understood where he was coming from, even at that young age. I kind of knew the perspective because of the fact that politically in Afghanistan, that's how it was. It was just, it was what it was looked upon, the vision. It could have been either the musicians, unfortunately, just gave it a bad rep and they used mm -hmm. it in the wrong way. I'm not going to mm -hmm. blame either or, or the way it was just looked upon. But that time it was emotionally hurt, uh, hurt me, but I continued on with my passion, had the support of my parents who said, you know what, we'll support you for what you want to do. Um, but then when he told me that, I was like, yeah, it was, a, it was for sure an emotional moment. And I'll never yeah. forget that in my life. Do you feel like the perceptions change now? When I think about like music in Afghanistan now, it's like there's, um, what's that show? Uh, like the, the, like it's pretty popular the, in Afghanistan the now. Oh, in, the uh, Afghan star. Afghan uh, star. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like so my entire family in Afghanistan over there watches it and even my family here watches it sure I feel like mute like there's been kind of a shift where like it's more respectable and like it's it's just it feels like it's shifted like it's changed have you felt that have you felt that shift at all absolutely um the main reason is media of course they contribute mm -hmm. to the factor that you know people recognize mainstream media and they see it and I I'm happy that they're doing that, of course. These are all media outlets. These are things that we, we need to advance and become standard with the world, right? Yeah. Uh, when it comes down to music itself in general, it's changed. The shift has changed with the generations for sure. And good and bad, I, I see the pros and cons in either, either aspect. But these shows, yeah. I mean, like 2016, I went to Afghanistan and I was on Story Afghan and I was at the final with Abu Jan. And I got to see like what the situation was how exciting people excited people were about the competition how devoted they were to it and the fan base was like amazing mm -hmm. you know people were really devoted uh following the show you know the, the whole drama aspect of it and everything for years and uh, now i know it's it's a different story and it's it's exploded to a different controversial situation but it's i think it's a great thing if it's utilized properly yeah
It feels like that's kind of like the, the, the thing that makes Afghanistan feel a little bit more modern these days, almost, yes. you know, like mm-hmm. it's its way of being like, oh, we're not like just this third world country sitting here in a corner. Like we yes. we have artists, too. And here's yeah. a chance to give them an opportunity. It It's really fun to watch. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. You know, I noticed you, you when you were saying, um, you know, as long as it's utilized properly. I'm, I'm just curious, like, where do you, where where would you like to see it going, I guess, um, moving forward? You know, uh, there's so many different aspects that uh, need to be changed, in my opinion. But there's a lot of great things going on at the fact that they're opening the doors to new talents. And they're allowing people that have been suppressed, I'm uh, sorry, oppressed all these years, um, not being able to perform, especially the female side, uh, you know, yeah. unfortunately, females have been oppressed of music and arts for years. And now this is becoming a new outlet or a new opportunity for them to come and showcase their talent, become more mainstream. So those as far as the opportunity goes, I'm 100 percent for it. When it comes to the other aspects, which is the technical side, for instance, the judging aspect of ca- uh, how a talent is uh, valued, um, what standard uh, a talent should be viewed at different genres of music that they compare to each other i'm not in agreement with that it should be mm. i don't think a rapper should be compared to a pop singer or uh, or vice versa or something i think right. every genre has its own uh characteristics so i don't think it's fair for a rapper to come and compete against a Hazal singer because those are two totally different uh, right. aspects and but that's such a good point but in general they're just making so many great invas- advancements and the opportunity the chance and the opportunity that it provides, I'm like a hundred percent for it. When do you think? Um, when do you think Afghanistan will start their version of the Mass Singer? Because that's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that would be interesting. They should. I think you should write a little email to Tolo. <laughs> I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> we'll have you do it since you already are in cahoots with them. <laughs> they know you more than they know us. It's more likely to happen if it's you. It's true. <laughs> You know, you and I were talking a little bit about this earlier, Maruf, before you, um, we started recording, but, you know, it seems like most of the musicians that you play with are from, like, that older generation, um, whereas, like you were saying, there's this new generation of singers coming out and, like, this kind of younger, um, like, vibe, and it feels different, like, even the way that they do music, just based on, like, the Tolo videos that I see, yeah. um, but... I guess, like, what's that experience been like playing with this older generation? And how how has it impacted your genre of music and, like, the way that you gravitate towards music? It's a great question. Um, the older generation, of course, their sound, their values, their their, their whole vision of music is, is different. And for me, the best thing is that I'm able to kind of perform learn and perform and experience their experiences and then take that and kind of utilize it when I perform with the new generation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that becomes a little bit of a conflict of interest because some of the younger generation musicians have a different vision. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, I'm I'm an old school soul inside of a a young generation body. So sometimes I I view some of their perspectives a little bit differently. But um, of course, uh, music has shifted. A lot of people say Musiqi Afghanistan kharab shada. And I just want to point this out what that means. Like it's I, got like it's got bad. Right? So a lot of people I hear that sometimes. You know, being mm-hmm. in the in the community, I hear some people say Musiqi Afghanistan kharab shada or druba khataras meaning it's towards danger. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, Musiqi Afghanistan kharab nashada because the standard has gone up. We've had advancements in recording. 
we have a lot of brilliant musicians. We have a lot of artists that have learned music properly, utilized uh, resources and education. They've gotten a proper education in music. But when it comes to singing and singers and, and, and this and that, people are judging the style of music now, which I don't blame because it's not the same anymore. But we cannot say that because that is a very general statement. Right. I think Musiqi Afghanistan has become more of an international standard now. For instance, we have Indians listening to our music. On my YouTube channel, I have uh, you know, a lot of Indian listeners. And they listen to Afghan music and they say, hey, this is, this is beautiful. So we're able to present Afghan music in a very international w standard. And I think that's not really valued as much as the singers that are coming out every day and, you know, and, and all this stuff. So uh, I'm sorry I kind of took this uh, another direction, but um, uh, coming back to the point that the new generation artists have a different aspect and vision in music, but they respect the older generation. Of course, the older generation always influences everybody. So yeah. mm -hmm. that comes back yeah. to their work. Yeah, because w when I was listening to some of the, the videos that you uploaded on, on YouTube, I noticed that like I do see the the old kind of the old soul come in, right? Because yep. a lot of the songs you were playing were these very classical, traditional things that I've heard, Absolutely. you know, that I would hear in long car rides at uh, with my parents. Um, but I do notice that you are at least at times making some efforts to sort of create like a hybrid where like, I think there was a video where like you were like, I'm going to mix this in with Despacito, like, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to do something like that. Do you find that challenge like exhilarating to see how you can create those hybrids? Absolutely. And, and there's a hidden message in those, in those mashups or stuff that I do is connecting that bridge of the new generation, the old generation. I try to connect them in a way where, they touch upon each other and, and feel connected as in knowing that, hey, you know, Despacito can get mixed with <laughs> Aftal Boranak or, you know, uh, an Ahmad Zoyer song can get mixed with The Weeknd or, you know, like these kind of things kind of bridge the two generations together. And it helps me kind of introduce Afghan music to the new generation Afghans that don't really have that much uh, interest in it. I right. tried to get them interested in it by baiting them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you know, hey, letting them know that <laughs> letting them know that Ahmad Zara is basically the weekend of the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, absolutely, and that's the whole vision that I have, uh, and it's been pretty uh, well received so far. And I mm -hmm. hope to continue to do it. I hope I have yeah, the strength to. <laughs> very beautifully done. It reminds me of Afghan weddings, where like you're one second you hear like this like traditional Afghan song that everyone's dancing to, and then out of nowhere. You hear this like other My heart will drop. go on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I love it. It's like, it's a mix of all the generations of different cultures. And that's the beauty of us as Afghan Americans here. We're able to utilize that and this. And I think that's, that's, you know. Yeah. So what, you know, you said that you were at least, you wanted to do this since you were a kid when you were about in your early teens is when you kind of started to think to yourself this is actually something i want to continue to build uh so for any other 12 to 13 year old that are listening to this to this podcast what do you what are some of the, some pieces of advice you would have for them i get asked a lot you know uh, from the young generation about the future of music what they should do to pursue it should they pursue it professionally or not my biggest advice honestly to the young generation is always education first and um you know M music is a is, is a really specific niche of a market and it's very difficult to make it your living 
and especially in Afghan music industry. Unfortunately for us, the only thing to look forward to as far as an income goes is events and weddings. We don't have a strong concert market. We don't have a strong royalties market where we can release songs and get paid for that. So unfortunately for us, it's always just gigging around and doing weddings, which I, I value and I appreciate, but it is a tough lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So I always tell a young generation of Afghans that are, that are trying to get into music, hey, you know, go get an education in something else and try to keep music as your passion and your love and, and just do it you know, as, as, as a passion and love. And of course, if it takes you places, it will take you there itself. You know, and uh, that's pretty much what I give them. It's like have a safety net. Absolutely. Right. I do wonder, though, like as I'm seeing, for example, like you or other people who are doing a lot of uploading on YouTube, I do wonder how much because I, I, I know that YouTube has some levels of monetization, but it's like sure. I do wonder to what extent that can be uh utilized in ways for people like i mean you you have that direct experience i mean do you find that aspect of do you consider your work on 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 youtube to be like this is like part of my business like this is like a brand the thing is on on youtube you know it's a great way of of, of utilizing that portal to make it a brand and make it like a business but you have to be like they've made it harder now like you have to have a lot of subscribers you have to have a lot of views in order for it to make sense and have like a, a income or a livelihood coming from it um, I personally do not I don't rely on it and I'll be honest with you I can't live off a hundred dollars a month because that's what YouTube pays me and I'll, I'll say that openly but you know other people of course our community unfortunately isn't as vested in YouTube I mean we are vested as in content there's a lot of content on there but we don't have that much of a population and viewers like the Indians do or Americans do mm. and that's where the hundred million views and all that when they come through that's where you really start generating an income so for us I don't think we have that vast of an audience yet to be able to utilize the monetization on that hmm. that I guess like you saying that gigs and things like that are what you rely on how does that make you uncomfortable sometimes you know like if you're not meeting a certain standard of like this number of gigs then your income looks very different. Like, how do you deal with that kind of, I don't like, I don't want to say unease, but sure. you know, like, just that everything being kind of open, like in the air. Absolutely, that's a great question. You know, it's very inconsistent. Um, being a musician, Afghan musician, is incons inconsistent. You don't really know every single month. There's always a different aspect. How many gigs you have? How many gigs you don't have? Ramazan, you don't have any gigs. So there's mm, always a certain uh, threshold that you have to meet. And for a musician, full-time musician, I did it for 12 years. And recently, uh, starting this year, 2020, unfortunately, was a very bad year for everyone, including music and arts. We had all our events canceled. So I couldn't really survive on that. So I ended up getting into another profession of finance. So I do finance now. Now, the whole aspect of me getting into there was obviously because I couldn't survive on only music. And of course, I have a family, two children. So mm -hmm. it's different. But when it comes to the inconsistency, absolutely. It's not a consistent stream of income. And this is not just only for us. This is for any musician in any community. It's you're a gig worker. You know, it's everything is on the fly. You're spontaneous. You don't you really don't know your schedule for, you know, a couple of months. Uh, but things do arise if the demand is there. And, you know, some people survive and some people don't. Also, one of the one of the sad aspects that within and I, I don't think this is uniquely an Afghan thing, but it's like, I guess uh, something I would appreciate hearing from you about is the idea that like 
especially if you want to do work for Afona, things like that, where it's like they then expect you to give them some sort of discount or some <laughs> level of like help me out, like help, you know, things like that without an understanding of the fact that this is if this is my job, like this is yeah. work and what I'm asking you is to help me, you know, like yeah. develop this. Like what do you how, how have you navigated that? It's tough, you know, it's tough. And uh, unfortunately, there's been a, a lot of controversy lately that all Afghan singers in America charge this much or they do this or they take big money. But, you know, honestly, there's so many expenses that are involved. There's so many other things that are entailed. There's insurance. Well, there's ER there's... visits. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right? Uh, so, you know, there's so many things that are entailed that it's not just saying that, oh, Afghan singers charge this much. But Afghan singers do charge... A, go, a good amount of money they do have expenses unfortunately the musicians the accompanying musicians sometimes do get a pay cut at the fact that you know the afghan singers like to charge a little bit more because of their brand and they say well i'm the brand and you guys are just accompanying me and i understand the whole philosophy behind that as a business aspect of it but sometimes um there should be a little bit more of an even understanding between the pay that the musicians receive and the singer themselves. And this is a thing that we're all working on as a community, talking about it a little bit because the musicians need to stand up and say, you know, we, we need a little bit more uh, to be able to survive. So it's Afghans do, you know, we'll, we'll haggle and we'll talk about this and that, but you know what? It's, it's in the nature of, uh, of a business, I guess. And at the end of the day, if they value something, they'll know what, what it's worth. It's a great one way to put hope. it. The word. Yeah, one would hope. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's interesting when you talk about like kind of the name brand and stuff like that. I feel like amongst like Afghans, even my parents and stuff, when, when they talk about musicians that they appreciate and that they love, it's always the singers, you know, like they're always like naming the singers. And even when you go to weddings and concerts and stuff, you're that's the person who's like forefront center. Like you're exactly. seeing the person who's singing you stand out as you know a musician and in your craft um I, i've seen you play at a one concert i've seen you play at a wedding and you stand out but how like challenging is it to stand out when it feels like everyone's just kind of looking at you know the voice like Absolutely. that's who they're just paying attention to that's a great point and a great angle to see um it, it was hard for us to do it but we had to do it for ourselves for instance i had to go out there and brand myself as an artist and not just a keyboard player. You know, there's a difference between a keyboard player and an artist. An artist is a person that has their own following, has their own music, has people listen to them for them, for who they are. And a keyboard player would be someone labeled as a, just a keyboardist that comes on and plays with someone else and just does like a accompanying musician, that's it. So being a solo artist or someone, like you have to really work on it in the Afghan community because we're not used to instrumental music either, like you said. It's mostly vocals, it's mostly singers, get most of the credit about everything. And I always say it this way, I say, the musicians, we are, we don't have a voice because we don't have a microphone in front of us. <laughs> That's the example I always use because people think that, you know, we're just going to play and keep quiet because we don't have a mic in front of us to talk to anybody about anything. But I, uh, I have to say, though, like if we went to a wedding and they turned your part off and they turned the tablachi off and it was just the singer, I think people would be like, oh, like <laughs> that other aspect is very, very important. Absolutely. I remember going to a wedding in New York like so many years ago and the, um, the power went off oh. in the middle of the wedding. Um, and the musicians, the tablachi, he just kept going. Like mm -hmm. he, and people were dancing in the dark and it was literally just <laughs> to like that sound. Yeah. Um, you realize how like 
that's such a big part of it. There's like specific beats that you just know are like Afghan beats and like it, it makes you want to dance. (laughs) No, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a team effort, of course. Um, but supporting musicians have a very huge role, um, in, in weddings, events, concerts, like you said, you know, just tell them, tell a singer to stand there and just sing by, by themselves. I'm sure it'll be enjoyable for the first 30 minutes or so. And then after that, it might get monotonous. You might be like, Hey, is there any other element that I can hear? You know? You're being generous saying 30 minutes. I know. I was like 30 <laughs> seconds. It's like, this is nice. I guess if like you make everyone clap or something, but still, yeah, even yeah. then you're, you're still expecting other people to generate music for you. Yeah. yeah um, I have to say one of the things that I really, really, um, like made you always kind of stand out to me. I followed you on Instagram a while ago and okay. you're all, you posted this video one time of um, you playing just this piano ballad that you made for your daughter. Um, <laughs> like just this original like sound and it was so beautiful. And okay. I feel like when it comes to, you know, vocals and singing, people are like, oh, you write your own songs and things yeah. like that. And it's, you're so unique in the way that you write music too. What, I guess like you talked about that hyphenated like Afghan American thing that where you create hybrids, what other things inspire you to like make the music that you do? I really appreciate that. Thank you for uh, uh, pointing that out. Um, I I mean, like I said, I just try to do whatever is expressive and from the heart at the end of the day, because it's passion and art is always a passion. You just try to convey your passion out and let other people hear it and try to relate to it. Um, but when it comes to writing music, I just try to, you know, I, I'm an, I listen to a lot of different kinds of music, for sure. Um, I love Indian music. I love Greek music. I love Russian music. I listen to country music. I listen to everything, any mainstream pop. I mean, of course, you know, you hear it all day long, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, that does influence uh, us as, as an artist to be able to come out with something eventually of your own. So you take all those things and you kind of interpret it in your own way. And that's when you're able to produce something that comes from you and uh, becomes eventually a signature. Um, mm-hmm. So my whole goal is just to eventually be able to have my own signature. It's a very tough thing to do, but you know I'm working towards it. Did you when you were when you were younger? I mean, I'm I'm still presuming that you were focusing in and playing in on the classical music that you know that the Afghan classical music. Sure. I'm just curious, like, how you navigated that as, like, a kid living in the U.S., where, like, your friends may not be, at least your non-Afghan friends may be like, this is weird and kind of, like, (laughs) did you have moments where you were like, oh, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta throw in some some Backstreet Boy, I don't know how old you are. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever was popular when you were 12. Yeah, like, yeah we're, we're the like... same age. So yes, you got it right with Backstreet Boys. <laughs> okay, it was Backstreet Boys, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's our generation. NSYNC and Backstreet Boys yeah. and, the, and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, it was, it was interesting because I was also, when I was playing music in school, in high school or in, in, in grade school or middle school, I, I was in the band as well, but I, I was playing drums. So uh, that's mm. what I, I was learning fundamentally trying to learn percussion and drums because I love tabla. So that was my starting instrument. So I kind of knew it went hand in hand. So I was playing in the band and sometimes I would, I would play like an Afghan rhythm and, and some of the, like, some people are like, what's going, what is this? You know, but some of the other kids that are percussionists, they would come up and say, Hey, Maruf, what's that? That's cool, man. Like, how do you count that? How does it? So we had a, like a cool little understanding. <laughs> like, this is my culture. This is what I do. Right. But of course, like blasting Ahmad Zayed on the bus home, I don't, I don't think I was really uh, <laughs> comfortable doing that right. because at that point it was like you said, it's always like this popularity thing, right? It's like what's what's the trend? 
let me let me follow the trend let me be cool you know and all that so uh, it was it was weird but when i would come home oh then the vhs's would go on and i would be listening to all the concerts and practicing and all that yeah well the irony the irony is right that like when you're a kid for the most part at least when i was a kid like i was so desperate to conform to what is like what everyone else is doing sure and it's like when as soon as you hit a certain age when it's like either it's in college or maybe a little bit older you end up not only appreciating but also kind of clinging on to the things that mm-hmm. are not conforming like yes. like that part of your identity i know did you have a similar experience absolutely absolutely it's uh, i think it's 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 natural you know mm-hmm. especially when you're a child you know growing up in an environment where everybody shows you what's cool and what's not you know mm-hmm. or what uh, even like clothing wise what how to dress how to talk how to act how to cut your hair how to you know there's always like a standard or a level of what's cool and what's like hip and what's in and unfortunately a lot of people have challenges trying to be themselves in that kind of an environment and i may have been one of them but you know right. when you grow up you just get through it you know you just get through it and then you find yourself and you be yourself you know i, I have to ask you so you have two kids you have two daughters right yes. How are you going to support them and, you know, being themselves when they get to that place where they feel like they want to conform? You know, we're Afghan-American. Our parents grew up in Afghanistan and were able to, like, really help us, like, hold on to our culture. When we're, like, you know, one removed, how do you – is it important for you to, like, help your daughters hold on to that? And how are you going to help them not conform, you know? And how heartbroken would you be if they came home and they were listening to, like – you know, just something way, I, I, I could give examples of what I assume to be way on the like <laughs> other end of what music is these days. But... I would probably be offended by what you think that is. <laughs> probably. So I'm not going to name anything specific, but I guess, how do you navigate that? And how do you plan to deal with that as like, as your daughters are growing up? This is a conversation that me and my wife always have, you know, we're like, it's a responsibility at the end of the day. Um, you know, being so vested in our culture and, and, and Afghan arts, for me, it's like a, a part of my life and part of my lifestyle. So I always try to include that aspect of our culture and lifestyle and my wife as well. We have an understanding that we need to instill that into our children. Mm-hmm. But of course, the environment is not the environment it used to be. And that's one thing we have to adapt to. Uh, me growing up with my parents was a different environment because, you know, me and my wife will speak English to each other. So I don't expect my kids not to speak English and only speak Farsi. I can't do that. I'll be hypocritical of me because I'm an, an American as well. So there's so many things that are different and, and I have to accept that. For instance, I don't expect, like I said, my children to speak Farsi all the time. I don't expect them to listen to Afghan music all the time either. My daughter loves Disney. I can't tell her, don't listen to Frozen or let it go or, you know, because at the end of the day, it's all music and music is a universal language. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but when it comes to the culture aspect of it, yes, I think it's a responsibility to be able to instill the Afghan culture in your children as much as you could, as much as you could and as much as uh, the environment permits you to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, one thing I'm, I'm curious about. So in terms of Afghan music, I am so like ignorant not ignorant ignorance a harsh word but it's just there's so much i don't appreciate or listen to especially since like it's been years since i lived at home things like that in terms of music that um i mean obviously outside of what is on your amazing youtube page what would you say are some some musicians that you've listened to whether it's recent or maybe not so uh or maybe 
within the last like 10 15 years that you're like this is this is the kind of stuff that i enjoy listening to listening to do you have any like specific examples well do you mean afghan or not yeah afghan? yeah afghan yeah we have a lot of great talents uh you know that uh, that are out there i don't specifically have like a certain list of people that i would say oh you know this and that this and that but you know in general i think afghan music has a lot of potential a lot of great great potential and future especially in the female generation i mean mm -hmm. i think you know, the females uh they have there's a lot of talent that that's being able to like i said a window of opportunities there now for them to go out and explore and, and express themselves and become artists so you know i'm really excited about that to see where the generation of future female artists will go um but when it comes to talents we have a lot of amazing talents especially instrumentalists because that's what i do so i mm -hmm. try to value them as much as i can and we have some amazing tabla players, we have amazing keyboardists, we have amazing guitarists. I mean, there's so much good talent. I just hope that they're utilized properly and have the chance to be accepted by our community and valued. Yeah, I think one of, um, I, one of my first times like listening to Afghan music with just an instrumentalist and like no singer was at the Afghan American conference when they brought Salar, I, oh, um, yeah. who like plays the tabla. That yeah. was like my first time ever it's being amazing. like, oh, there's there's no like singer. It's just, yeah. and it was just, you're like so blown away by it. Yeah, have absolutely. you performed or do you have like, like have you been brought to like places where it's, it's just you and your keyboard or like just you making music? Um, yeah, actually um, uh, recently I was, uh, before I go into that, Salar John, Salar Nader is a great musician. I respect mm -hmm. him a lot. He's he's studied music from some really really amazing uh, you know uh, musicians, and his guru Ustad Zakir Sain is one of the best tabla players in the world. So he's you know we're proud to have an Afghan artist with that caliber as Salar John. Mm -hmm. I just want to throw that out there in my respect and love to him. Um, when it comes to um, me performing on a solo stage, um, I, I actually performed um, recently. 2019 here in Virginia I was uh, they did, did like a honorary event where they um, brought me in at Shaw Matter Fun here in Virginia and I was able to perform for about an hour and 20 minutes myself um, and I did solo performance and they gave me a certificate and all that so it was it was a cool experience to be able to just play instrumental music um, for an audience because I, I never did that before and that was my first experience of doing that live and I hope that you know, after this pandemic's over and all that, oh God, we can yeah. instill this instill this concept. I think it would be a great concept, and to get people more into instrumental music. Yeah, that it, would be, honestly. So that's I'm just yeah. I'm I'm waiting for the opportunity that we can all kind of have these moments and these kinds of events together, Absolutely. play music, enjoy. I'm I'm sure yeah. uh, uh, while recording things via you, you know, for YouTube things like that is nice. I'm sure you miss just oh, having absolutely. that ability absolutely absolutely it's it's a different connection when you have your audience in front of you and um Ustad Zalkerstein, who i just mentioned before said mm -hmm. something very important the other day he said hey you know these virtual concerts are great but don't forget that the real concerts are coming back so don't get used to this yes. <laughs> yeah you know, to all of our and... listeners too like yeah, absolutely. it's coming back so pay yeah. attention yeah, especially if you live in virginia <laughs> absolutely Bahai, that's right Bahai, yeah. um so, Maruf, thank you so much for your time. Um, we're now going to enter into the trivia portion of the interview. This is Weiss's favorite thing to do. So much, so much. <laughs> this is what I look forward to. So, 
Uh, for those listening, in case uh, you are unfamiliar, which is very rude because I've been doing it several times now. Um, <laughs> so the way the trivia works is I'm going to ask you a list of 10 questions. Each of these 10 questions you have about, let's say, three to five seconds to respond. These questions have right answers. Uh, they've already been preset, so okay. I'm tired of people accusing me that these do not have answers. Uh, <laughs> and once we're done, we'll tabulate your points and compare you and put you on the, the board, you know, see where see where you'll rank compared to everybody else. Oh, man, I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> and Susan, uh, by all means, you are always free to answer, which you... I think my co-hosts inevitably end up doing anyway, so I'm okay with that. I'm allowed to veto whether or not an answer is correct or incorrect. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> I gave her that power last time. I kind of regret it, but I, it's too late now. <laughs> too late. So, Maruf, uh, are you ready? All right, bring it on. <laughs> you know, uh, we should we should get him to. Um, I'm 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 acting like this is an aside. We should get him to to make a theme music for this. By the way. <laughs> Uh, but anyway yes, you're our own ballad but... exactly uh okay so question one name an ingredient in bologna oh my god water oh <laughs> that's a safe response that is a safe response it's correct it is correct when you think of people making bologna or borgeyan pashtor or there are different ways to say it in pashtor but um there's always like a little bowl of water in front of you exactly. that you're True. dipping your finger it's, it's into. vital it's <laughs> I've tripped over that so many times and knocked it over, so that's why I know my grandma's like, Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, so that's correct. Uh, question two. Name one city in Afghanistan. Kabul. That's right. Took the easy way out. I know. <laughs> uh, question number three. Tabla or keyboard? Ooh, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. They get hard, I'm like, telling you. I don't like this question. Oh, come on. All right, I'm going to have to pick keyboard. Uh, well, I'm sorry. That's incorrect. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's correct. Uh, key- keyboard okay, is, cool. is the right answer there. All right, so question four. Better superpower, being invisible or reading minds? Ooh, being invisible for sure. Susan, what do you think? I actually don't know on that yeah, one. Yeah, that's when it comes to a musician, I feel like, come on, reading minds, like you know what the people want. We already Oh, have so that you're saying superpower. reading minds. We already have that superpower. <laughs> that's so I want to be invisible you're... and have that. In that's a good point. Because <laughs> yeah. musicians do seem to be very intuitive, like being able to read an audience yeah. and knowing like that being invisible makes sense for you then. I, I think I don't know. What do you think, Susan? Was? Susan, you have to say right or wrong. <laughs> so no, you can't. you're like the way you supported that answer. Totally right. You should there get two go. points for that. There we go. Okay. <laughs> well, well, that is the correct answer because what good go. is reading the mind? You can't do anything about it. Like, why would I <laughs> want to know what someone says? I, I just, I'm okay. Uh, question five: Better color, red or green? Ooh. Ooh. I'm gonna go with red, and I'll say why. Because they say red nazar namishi or something, so <laughs> the Afghan superstition. Where red? There's to nazar like nashi. research that shows that a person's heart rate goes up when they see the color red. I read that in one of those like random fact books. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. All of that, I'm taking all of that into consideration, but unfortunately, the correct answer is green because oh, red. I just it doesn't complement my like look because it kind of my face my face is kind of flush so i like green more as a color so um i like that reasoning all right so question six better sport soccer or volleyball 
Oh, soccer. Oh, you gave that answer so quick. I know. Yeah, I love soccer. Susan, what do you think? I mean, come on. It's I agree, soccer, but and I played volleyball <laughs> and Ooh, I didn't take go. a soccer ball to save my life. All right, matter of there you go. Questions. So you got it right. Okay, question Ooh, I'm seven. Roll. I know. <laughs> question seven. No, you got you got red wrong. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking. I'm taking. Score. I think you read that wrong. I think it was, it was maybe. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I did. Maybe, maybe I did. Better. So number seven. Better footwear: sandals with socks on or slip-on shoes that don't have laces. Slip-on shoes that don't have laces. That is, that is correct. I, I, I. Whenever someone has sandals with with socks on, it's just it's tacky. I can't. Yeah. Boys just so- loves his oh, Crocs. So sorry, Susan. What'd you say? I said you just love your Crocs. I I can just picture you walking around with like basketball shorts and Crocs. Seems comfortable. I, you say that so judgingly. I don't understand the point. I I don't need the personal. Try try wearing that here when it snows. <laughs> I've seen people wear that there when it snows. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you East Coasters are ridiculous. All right, so better song, better song, "My Heart Will Go On" by Celine Dion or "Fantasy" by Mariah Carey. Ooh, mm. I'm a big Mariah Carey fan, so "Fantasy." Susan, I'm, I'm gonna let you answer this one. I just come on, Celine Dion. I mean, yes, Mariah <laughs> oh, Carey no. is amazing too, but I will say Celine Dion. I don't know if other people's Afghan parents were like this too. But my parents, like, loved her. Like, oh. loved her voice, loved her music. Like, yep. that was, like, the American artist that they, like, clung to. Was that, is that just, was that just my parents? Absolutely not. No. My parents loved okay. Same here. Same here yeah. in my whole So family. then your answer's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> it is wrong, unfortunately, Celine by popular Dion. demand. All right, all right. I'm sorry. That's, I, I gave her the, the opportunity. You know what's funny? Every time I defer to Susan, she always makes the guess wrong. She's very... That's she's, not true. I gave you multiple correct answers. True. Oh, yeah, you did give him bonus points, I forgot. True, okay, so, true. So next question, better song. Um, Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On, or Babu Lali, performed by <laughs> Farhad Daria? <laughs> you know I'm going to have to go with Babu Lali on this one. <laughs> I, the beat of the song, just every time it comes on, you just yeah. get... You, That's a classic. I agree. That's that a, answer is correct. <laughs> so fun fact about that song. Um, I, it, the, the answer is correct, but the fun fact about that song for me is that... Um, my sister, for some inexplicable reason, insisted on hearing that song before going to school every day when we were dri- when we were both driving this, you know, no way. <laughs> when we were kids. So I, le- I legitimately heard that song for like an entire semester, like at, <laughs> at the start of the morning. It, it's sad because I can I can't really listen to it anymore because of that, but I still have the nostalgic soft spot. Wait, so for do it. you know all the words then? Uh, I'm gonna move on. <laughs> <laughs> that's as far as Weiss's Pashto goes. <laughs> Uh, that's true. That's true. Um, question. Last question. Question ten. You're at a restaurant, and you're offered a free appetizer or a free dessert. Which one would you take? Oh man, dessert. I'm a big. Uh, my wife knows, and uh, thankfully she's a great baker, so uh, I'm a big dessert guy. I don't think there's any free appetizer that's better than a free dessert. Nah, there we go. There we go. All right. All right. Agreed. So. so- so what? How did I do? Oh, uh, that gets cal- that gets calculated later. Unfortunately, yeah, we, we have a we have a very strict algorithm that exactly. we use. So and it's gonna take some time. Does it have a, and... Is there a prize involved? Am I gonna get something mailed? To me? Oh, why are you? We'll, we'll get back you to won? you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've been keeping um, a little ch- a tally for myself. It's just yes. notoriety, you know. Like at the end oh, of the day, okay, anyone exactly. that can do well on these trivia quizzes, just you know, it, it pays for itself. If, 
if i know I most the afghans questions. they're competitive enough that they want to win without really caring <laughs> what winning even means true true but there were some great questions, though. I really enjoyed oh. the questions. Oh, you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy. I got I got at least one fan. Um, <laughs> Maruf, thank you so much for your for taking your time out and talking to us. Um, before I do close this up, I do want to give you the opportunity to plug um, your social media handles, your YouTube, everything like that. We're gonna have the link provided for people, but if you can just kind of give us a give us a um, a list. Sure, absolutely. Uh, I want to thank you, uh, Sean, and you, Susan, John, for having me here. And I appreciate your time and this intuitive conversation. I really enjoyed my time here. And uh, maybe in the future, we can do it again and talk about a couple other things as well. Um, <laughs> my social media um, on Facebook, you can find me, Motif Sharif, on Instagram, Motif.Sharif, uh, on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel under my own name as well, Motif Sharif. So yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And you can also check out my music on Apple Music and Spotify as well. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. And yes, everyone follow Maruf on all different platforms. You Thank will you. not regret it. <laughs> and as soon as things come up, as soon as thing, events start populating, things like that, you're in the East Coast and you're looking, or if you're in Dubai and you're looking for someone to perform <laughs> at your wedding, you know that he'll play through any <laughs> rain, sleet, personal injury. He will. He will be there for you. Yeah. And then the next time we bring you here, we'll do a whole thing on self-care <laughs> and <laughs> things along good. those lines. <laughs> All right. Thank Sounds you, Maruf. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time.